Welcome to the ThinkSpace podcast with myself, John Stoskowski and Danny Massaro. Our goal with this podcast is a simple one. We discuss and dissect a prescient topic, issue or theme that we think is interesting and might help us humans better understand why we think, feel and do what we do. If you'd like to engage in these types of conversations too, you can check out thinkspace.academy for a unique cohort-based course that will help you think critically and live authentically. Hope you enjoy the episode. The definition in German, so schadenfreude is a German word, which essentially means harm, joy. And the definition of that is the distinctive pleasure that people derive from others' misfortune. And it's an interest. I've always found it quite an interesting word because there is no, we don't have an English word for it mm. in our language, do we? There's a few German words like that, but we don't have like a direct translation no. that we use. So it's a bit of a, a funny word that. But the reason we're doing this episode today is because I have been swimming in the deep, pleasurable <laughs> ocean of Schadenfreude for the last few weeks. For people listening, Danny is a big Everton fan. And I'm a big Liverpool fan. The podcast's not going to be about football, but it's just an example of how uh, Everton haven't been doing too great for the past, well, the past season, but what, 26 years or something? <laughs> um, and Liverpool have obviously been doing quite well recently. So it's just been a, a sea of abuse that Danny's been getting with not just <laughs> myself, but other mates of his taking pleasure in his misfortune as an Everton fan mm-hmm. so that that stimulated us just thinking about this a little bit and then thinking actually it's a good topic for a podcast it's because it is quite a universal trait that I'm sure all of us will recognize as something that we that we have it's not even really a trait it's an emotion and I've got a quote here just to start us off by a guy called Aaron Ben Ziev and this was a this was from a book chapter on looking at different human emotions. And he says, Schadenfreude is a perplexing human emotion. On one hand, uh, it's one of the most pleasurable, but on the other hand, it seems disgusting and unhuman, even sadistic, since we know we ought to be sad rather than happy about others' misfortunes. So that's what Aaron Ben Benziev says about Schadenfreude. So it's a perplexing human emotion, Danny. Are you perplexed by how you're feeling at the minute? <laughs> uh no, not really, because I. it's hard to take being the butt of the joke, isn't it? It's hard to be the one. But when you're on the other side of it, you know, you can cash in. So it's a blessing and a curse type, you know, thing, isn't it? Schadenfreude was, was yeah, it, it came, I think, or I first heard of it when it was like you, you saw somebody sort of crying or something after the football team lost. It was a rival team, and there was something about the fact that they were upset that you'd be at the, the other rival team would be almost laughing at the TV screen, watching them getting upset. And it was like, yeah, they're they're going. I'm a football fan, you know. I get, I get that. You know, you don't you don't like it when your team lose or don't play well or whatever. So I know that feeling, how it feels to lose. But yet, I'm happy that they're feeling that feeling <laughs> at the moment. Like, and it is. It's a bit like you're twisting the knife. But all types of people have it. And, you know, I've asked about this week uh, what they felt of it. You know, one of the sort of recurrent things was it's a kind of, it's something linked to, to, the, to status, status especially with people who you're close with or who you know uh, in terms of, uh, you know, they're not like way out of your league. You know, you're not, you might. Generally, it's fiercest when you've got a close rival. Even and that's why it's weird because it can it can even be with your friends. Well, I don't see you as a rival, so why am I so? No, no, but like it's a bit like mimetic desire, isn't it? We talked about we don't know. We, I don't see you as a rival, but there is there is always rivalry going on, like with people. You might not think, oh, they're my direct rival, but there is rivalries in t- and you know good rivalries because you sort of move each other along, uh, keeping up with each other and you know, and life develops that way. So, but but one of the things that I, 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 that kept coming up when I was asking people this week was this feeling of, I told you so, you know, so it's like, you should have listened to me. I could have told, I, I told you so. With, with the sort of thing I've noticed with football 
is you to follow a football team and you get all excited and you say, oh, we've got this new player and we've got this new thing and we've got this and we're going to, you know, or someone might say, oh, I'm going to take this new job or we're going to move to Australia, you know, we're, we're going to build an extension. And so you might be at home going, what are they doing, doing that? You know, there's risks to that, you know. But part of you is thinking, damn, like they're getting an extent or, you know, they're going to have a great life or they bought some new players and they're going to have a great team. And, you know, all these, all these examples, you sort of fear them getting ahead. So when it doesn't happen and you part of you has predicted the downside of their risk or what they've attempted to do, there's a really smug, nice feeling of you should have listened to me. I've got this life, you know, I'm, you know, you should have just stayed put. I knew that would go wrong the moment you told me. You know, so there's a, there's a, I think there's an element of I've got this sussed and there's the proof. And that's, that's an element of like, you, you know, you've kind of, not in a nasty way, but you've got your comeuppance, you know, for, you've got your comeuppance, Danny, for even thinking that when you signed Frank Lampard, that it didn't even get any better. You should have listened to me because I support Liverpool and I know about football more than you. And basically, you should have just listened to me. And then it goes a bit further. It's almost like, and the, that day when you were young and you picked Everton, you should have picked Liverpool like I did because I know about these things. And that that's the sort of underlying back feeling of, and, and you know, and, and another thing that came up was status. And it was like, I am temporarily above you at this very second, even though there's all these other things in life that we all share and do. But that right at this moment, you are the sort of butt of the joke. So I am temporarily in this moment above you and there's nothing that you can do about it because I'm right. And I think that and, and that that is always always going on and we know that as giant banter. And I think when you grow up and you're just the butt of that, I think it's quite healthy for you. And I do think how you take schadenfreude and people sort of laughing at you little bits of misfortunes, because I don't think that then they laugh at, I'll come on to it, but they don't laugh at it if it goes really serious. You've been framed, candid camera, all those things. When I was a kid, there was a video knocking around called Faces of Death. And it was exactly the same stuff, but the guy who sort of fell out of the, the lift or fell off a building died. So it was like, that is exactly the same as what you've just seen on, you know, on, on You've Been Framed, that they got up and rubbed their head and everyone laughed at them but this video called faces of death it was like this illegal weird video going around where people actually died on film it was all the same type of stuff but they just like broke their arms or it was serious so they died and that's how that's how close schadenfreude can can be it's like it can things that can be almost quite serious and they'll laugh at you for it but it just a little bit more and it's not and, and they would never laugh at you so it's a really really strange Strange thing. Are you, I mean, that's why he's using the word perplexing in that quote. I do think it is a perplexing one. The You've Been Fame one was always interesting because I remember sitting watching that with, say, like, I'd be at my grandma's on a weekend and, um, you know, you just had, like, your Sunday dinner and stuff and then you sat and You've Been Framed would be on, which is for people who are not in the UK, is like a candid camera yeah. calamities, isn't it? People having calamities, but it's done with, like, a comedy and I suppose because we're watching it, we know that they must have been all right, ultimately, that it wasn't on your dodgy faces of death video. Yeah, they're up a tree. They're, so, they're sewing a branch off, but they're sewing off the branch they sat on and they fall down and basically the chainsaw just misses them. But they get up and walk off and the family's laughing and that's all right. But I remember watching that and my dad like proper hooting at you know, some of the, like you said, just, just, it would be like, I don't know, they're on, say, a swing and then the branch snaps and then they land in the water and like yeah. smack the head off a rock or something. And, and they'd be in tears laughing. And I'd, I'd always have like, there's an initial, oh, that's funny. But then straight away, I'd kind of empathize <laughs> with it. Oh, God, imagine how much that hurt. You know, that classic look where people yeah. would get up and kind of, when we were as a kid, you'd fall off your bike or something in the street. And you just get up straight away and get on and just get yeah. out of there because you didn't want to be seen. And you go around the corner, and you just be like in, a, in agony with like waiting yeah. to fall off your bike. Or I did anyway. So maybe that was part of it. I always used to. Um, I didn't. I didn't really experience the Schadenfreude in that sense. Whereas other people who I was around and not just uh, my dad and but mates and stuff, 
Mm. See her in the street and you see someone trip over and fall flat on the face, be in tears, laughing. And I, oh God, that must have hurt. Like, I'd feel sorry for them rather than. Now, I'm not saying I'm some kind of like Gandhi figure who's just like. Oh, so let's say you were playing golf and, you know, this links into sort of like someone's mouthing off that they've got these new clubs, you know, and they were brilliant. They get these new clubs for Christmas or they, you go out playing golf with them as a kid or whatever. And uh, they think they're great, and they get this new driver out, and you've got you haven't got it, and you hit a shot down the middle, and they put two balls out of bounds with a new driver. You know, is there a part of you a bit like that's a bit different though, because there's no physical pain, is there? Yeah, if they're not hurt, yeah. So yeah, that's what I mean. It's complex because it's you you immediately look on on the pain whether it's going to hurt them. but i think a lot of schadenfreude is that so that video that i tweeted of the the model so there's a model on a catwalk on i think it's from the early 90s this this clip from a news show and she's walking down the catwalk and like really like quite comedically trips over like she's trying to save it but her ankle goes and she falls over and it's the two news anchors just hooting laughing at what she and and even that I'm like God she must have proper hurt her ankle there from <laughs> this big like high heel shoes and she turns it and you just think because you know you've done it yourself like playing football and he's like God that must be killing but they're just in tears laughing and I find that video funny because I'm laughing at them laughing rather than the model in the clip yes well it's it's a lot of slapstick isn't it that that you know the, in comedy it's it's the sort of you know get you know. Tom and Jerry stuff, isn't it? And, you know, bang your head. and Or they, they do it on The Simpsons, don't they, with the uh, itchy and scratchy that they take it to the extreme. <laughs> you know, la- laughing at the, you know, or, you know how the suffering of the other one. And sort of Tom and Jerry was like that, wasn't it? And so it, it's obviously built into the into something because they make load, there's been loads and loads of comedy about that. But it, obviously, a comedy and a cartoon, you know that it's that there's actual. It, it, it's a, it's not a tragedy, is it? it, it it's it's overall, no one's going to get hurt because it's a cartoon or it's a comedy. I remember planes, trains, and automobiles were full of that, you know, and when they nearly crashed in the car and and, and all of that, and and they were sat there and he was like, "We can laugh about it now. We're all right." And they were laughing how funny it was, but they nearly, you know, they nearly died. And it it's obviously part of the condition. Remember, like American Pie in films like that, they were basically just one long episode of Schadenfreude, one laughing at these yeah. like teenagers just getting into different yeah. scripts and stuff. That the the quote that that Aaron Benziev, he actually he makes an important uh, or he distinguishes between two important characters. So he says Schadenfreude is an emotion whose main concern is personal comparative concern, but he distinguishes that from sadism because both Schadenfreude and sadistic of sadism they're both kind of where you're getting pleasure from someone else's misfortune yeah so the emotion of schadenfreude is more about your kind of personal comparative concerns and whereas sadism is more of a behavior than an emotion so that's where you're deriving pleasure from deliberately kind of hurting someone and inflicting pain on them so there there is a difference yeah. there and the, just when you mentioned it, it reminded me there was a paper i read from Wang et al. in 2019, and they had three different types of schadenfreude. So according to them, there's an aggression-based, which is very much more, that's about kind of group identity. So your group is better than the other group, or the in-group that you're in is better than the out-group. They had a rivalry-based, which is kind of similar, but that's more based around individual achievement and jealousy, which when I read it, I was kind of thinking, oh, that seems to be more the the football element of it and then the third one they have was justice based so that's where a bit like you mentioned with your golf example there that's where you feel or you're getting pleasure from feeling someone's getting what they deserve so there's like a comeuppance to it so you you think someone's been cocky because they've got new expensive golf club and i'm i'm maybe laughing when they carve one out of bounds off the, the first tee or something yeah so those three types are quite interesting i thought just because i was struggling thinking well where's this yeah where's the the me hammering danny for whatever and yeah. doing a football pitch it was definitely not aggression based um but i think for a lot of football fans it is aggression but like they you know football fans who are going to the game yeah. and getting into fights with rival fans and stuff there's definitely an aggression element yeah. so that one they lose individual achievement it's like well i'm not i'm i don't think i'm jealous of danny or i don't i'm not achieving anything by everton getting relegated 
So I don't know where it fits in there. And then justice base, it's like, well, I don't particularly think you deserve to, <laughs> to, to just be in psychological turmoil every time Everton play. So it's funny, isn't it, where it doesn't it doesn't seem to fit into any of those. And the other thing or the other categories around it, which I was texting you about when I started looking into it, there's kind of those darker elements to it. So another paper talks about the dark triad, so Machiavellianism, narcissism, and psychopathy. Mm-hmm. They're what's known as the dark triad. And there's studies that have shown that people with those traits tend to experience a lot more schadenfreude and more often, as do sadistic people and kind of people who are just cruel and stuff like that. So then I was kind of, I was texting you, I wasn't thinking, oh, maybe there's like a darker element to this, like underlying the surface. And that's why I'm <laughs> taking so much pleasure in Everton playing pool. Yeah, I think that... Um... Uh, right, this is a little bit of theory. You've got worse since Liverpool have been flying high, right? In my experience of it, right? And I've noticed it with uh, other friends as well. So at the very time, I'd naturally be thinking, you're having it like you could not, you cannot lose a match at the moment, yeah? It's just the best time ever. And it's just looks permanent, doesn't it? It's just pure and utter class for Liverpool at the moment. And it seems like the Sean and Freud has you know, gone up. So I, I've, maybe what it is, there's a link to this sort of status and confidence to, to naturally be like, I can give it now because it ain't, it's so far, it ain't coming back. There's no way it's going to, there's nothing that they can do. So it almost becomes not, not, not one of those issues that you said before. It almost just becomes a plaything, a bit of fun, you know, a little bit like, well, it's just an extra bonus of being so dominant. A bit like, you know, I'm in a court jester. You know, we're so, I'm the king. Now I can just make, you know, I can just do that for fun because, and and each time that that little bit of, you know, might get used to it. So each time that little bit of fun is taken off you, maybe it's a bit like, oh, I was enjoying that. They've had a couple of victories now. And then as soon as like, you know, and obviously linked in with the reward system in the brain and the, the, the the banter, it's not so much you want to hurt me. It's the more that you want the pleasure, the little fun element for yourself. You're just toying with whoever happens to be there. So you might just can't resist just going, look at fat Frank Lampard. He's, you know, he's, look at this picture of him. So it's interesting that, isn't it? It's like you're kicking someone when they're already down and you're, and it couldn't be going better for you. But it's almost because it's only football and you wouldn't do that necessarily, you know, in any other area. If it, it's just a bit of a play thing. It's just banter. And that's what foot, what goes on a lot with football. It's just banter. But I think the banter goes up more <laughs> when you know you can't get it. You're not going to be getting it back. You know, there's I, I haven't got... An Everton fan at the moment has got no leg to stand on in any way doing anything back at Liverpool in any capacity or about the players, about Klopp, anything. It's just almost planet perfect. You can always say a few things from history... And, and I think I, I can re- refer that to the times where there was a time where I was with Laura on the tour and we were there and she got to number one in the world and she was playing great. Everything was, you know, going superbly. And I can remember myself getting a little bit like, right, that's that buzz gone. You know, I got used to that. And then almost starting to like not want people who hadn't, done that you know rivals and people we sort of knew I kind of didn't want them to have it I did I got more I got I got a little bit more pleasure out of them sort of like not getting near it or you know I didn't I didn't go in the face about it so I actually in some ways became a bit annoying a bit of an idiot and also got a bit caught cocksure as well and confident and a little bit yeah I know about this and I know about that and I got this sort of inflated sense of it wasn't even me who was playing, was it? You know, and that's the thing with football. You actually see your people actually get ballooned up because they're associated with something that they, they support and watch from a distance. They don't actually kick a ball. They almost feel like this growth. Remember a mate of mine at work years ago when they won the European Championships? I went into his office. I went, well done. I came back from 3-0 and won it. Damn, I was hoping you were going to lose, you know, like thing, laughing. And he went, Annie, and he, and he put his hand out. He went, shake hands with a European champion. And I was like, what have you done? <laughs> you know, and he, but he genuinely felt that good. He actually, he was up. 
you know, I think what was good for me at the time when when I, I probably got a bit of that as well, like when Laura was doing really well around the squash scene, when I started then to go back out with my mates, you know, I went out on a few nights out. It was really good for me because they basically were like taking the mickey and pu- pulled me down, laughing at me for things and so on. So I definitely think that, you know, there is a theory I read as well that you do lose your empathy slightly the more that you go up in status because you feel a little bit more untouchable, a little bit more Machiavellian, a little bit more powerful, and therefore a little bit more like protective of that feeling. And therefore, you know, you pick on, you sort of pick on, pick down a bit more. You're more confident to do it. You can't say that glass houses don't throw stones if you're in the glass house, can you? Because it, because it's like you know, you're living in Liverpool fans are living in an absolute mansion at the moment, aren't they? I can't throw anything at you. Well, I think I said to you, I don't yeah. think it, it doesn't get yeah. better, does it, for a Liverpool like because it's not just Everton. It's like Man United is struggling, so it's the whole thing at the minute. And that's why I said to you, I wonder if some of the schadenfreude comes from that because yeah. 10, 15 years ago, it wouldn't have been that. It was Liverpool fans getting it from United fans and Arsenal fans and, and whoever. And, and, and Liverpool weren't kicking Everton or anything or whatever. It wouldn't have been. They'd have just been like, God, you're, you're, you were bad. You're even worse. Yeah. But now it's like they're really turning the screw as we're having our worst bit. Uh, not generally speaking, you know, I'm not saying all Liverpool fans. It's just just interesting, isn't it? You know, the more powerful you might get and more up you get, the more that you might start doing schadenfreude. Well, we've got the baggage, though, of, of decades, though, haven't we? So we can appreciate the... So it's, well, certainly as a Liverpool fan, you can appreciate the kind of... The wilderness years as well when it you know when we were remember when Roy Hodgson was manager and it was like they were talking about relegation and all sorts of stuff that I'd said to you the other night I remember one of my worst moments as a kid was at primary school when it was Liverpool and Arsenal going for the title and I think Arsenal needed to win 2-0 on the last game of the season at Anfield to win the league otherwise mm. Liverpool would have won the league and Michael Thomas scored an injury time didn't he and my best mate at the time was an Arsenal fan and going into school as like an eight, <laughs> nine-year-old, knowing what was coming, because all the week, yeah. and, and he had his like, I, I still remember his yellow and black Arsenal kit, wore it to school that day, <laughs> just to wind yeah. me up, because he knew, <laughs> and like going in and just thinking, this is the worst thing ever. Oh, and, and, and I thought about, you know, like the Liverpool the Liverpool thing is set in school as well. Well, it, when you said that, it reminded me of kids because a lot of these fans now yeah. don't have that baggage yeah. that we've got. So if you're 13, 14, you're yeah. buzzing, aren't you? If you're a Liverpool yeah. fan, you just think this is it. This is just what life is like. Yeah. So they don't maybe have the yeah. down bits to appreciate the schadenfreude when they're not doing so well because they've never yeah. known what it is to be not doing yeah. so well. They're just on top of the world. But that another study that I dug out that I sent you by... Uh, there's some weird names today, Shamay Sori et al. And they did a paper looking at schadenfreude in young kids. And they actually found, or they, could, they demonstrated it in kids as young as 24 months, show signs of schadenfreude. And it was kind of a, a test that they set up where I think they got unequal rewards for doing something. Uh, and the kids that got more of a reward evidenced schadenfreude towards the kids that got less than them even though they'd done the same task basically so even at two years yeah. old yeah two years they were yeah. saying that look it's it's almost like there's a there's a real evolutionary aspect to this yeah. where it's just built into us yeah well as a as an emotion so there must be some sort of benefit to it somewhere along the line well it was it's, you know Nietzsche weren't he it was it, it was his, one of his main philosophy philosophical bits was will to power and it wasn't necessarily the will that we have a will to 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 be a leader or dominate and it was interpreted in many different ways but it it was just to have will a will to just have that extra bit of influence over our environment you know we have a will now that obviously we might touch on this in future podcasts where that was a different to um you know freud's will to pleasure that ultimately all we all just want pleasure side thing on uh obviously Frankl will to meaning that we all just really want meaning. So, you know, it was Adler who took on Nietzsche's uh, will to power in, in that 
ultimately we just want that slight we just want to be a little bit better than someone else you know they said you know six thousand pounds more than your brother-in-law is the ideal wage yeah you know it's 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 yeah we're equal but but and we're you know we're similar but just a little bit better than you know you just make them you should have listened to me you know you should have done what i did we're just you know i've got this life thing sussed and and i, and I also think this is an, this is another side of it is when let's say like you know, one of my mates was going through a tough time one, you know, one time, and you know, I was, we were going, doing a good life in some ways, going around the world and this, that, and the other. I was trying to help him. And the thing that made him better the most, or made him laugh, or made him sort of feel a bit better in himself, was when I went to him and you know, said, "I've been having a tough time myself." That you know, Laura was coming to retirement, things weren't going well. I was confused about what I wanted to do with my work. I wasn't, you know, I was a bit bored of the traveling, and I was, you know, life was getting a bit weird. And Laura had, had a few losses, a player I was working with had left, and you know, in bad circumstances, and I was just fed up. And it, it, it did the trick <laughs> in terms of making him feel better. And I, and I sort of I thought, yeah, like sometimes you can be a bit of a you can be a you know, with our the way we present ourselves, we don't show our vulnerabilities, and we don't actually say, "Look, I know Liverpool are flying, but I'm, you know, I'm a Liverpool fan, and I'm, it looks like it's all good in my world." Honestly, I'm not doing very well. When you when you expose yourself a little bit, and everyone just wants to sort of fit in and be okay, you know, everyone wants to be on a level. I think that I think that's an interesting thing. It's it's not that you you want. You feel better by someone else having some misfortune because it sort of pulls you up a bit. It makes you think, well, my life's not quite as bad. It's like at the moment, like, this is a dead simple one. Uh, having a baby, uh, tough night's sleep, you know, with the baby. And then you hear, like, Laura might say something like, oh, you know, some friends have just texted me or they're on a WhatsApp group or something. Um, four of them have had an even worse night. So immediately you're like, well, feel better then. But that's not logical, is it? You just think, oh, that's, that's even worse because even my friends are suffering. But it's not. It doesn't work like that. You kind of compare yourself. And it by people having a bit of something go wrong a bit, it can pull you up. So you can go, oh, you look like you've got the perfect this, the perfect that. Everything's going well for you. So when something, no matter how small, looks like they're having a bit of goes wrong, why... The pleasure it might it might be more of a relief thing. It might be more ha, like there isn't such thing as a perfect life. Even you get bad news time, and that can go quite deep. You know that that can go that can go quite deep into in, into some you know like you hear someone's going going to get divorced, or you hear someone's lost a lot of money. Once you've got over the original Schadenfreude, you think no, it really is bad. But the first emotion, the first little buzz you get, sometimes is. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, right. And it's a bit dramatic and a bit, I'm glad it's happened to them and not me. And maybe we're okay. Maybe my marriage isn't as bad as I thought because we thought they were perfect and they're getting divorced. Oh, and it comparatively makes you feel a little bit better. Just when you mentioned before, I remember looking into like online forums. I remember going down a bit of a rabbit hole where that that's one of the major benefits in it. You know, with different like health forums that you see. So someone's got a particular health issue. Just the very act of seeing that other people have got the same issue as them and often worse than them makes them feel better. Not, and that's the, I'm sure there was studies showing it's often better than just the actual maybe medication that they're having or treatment that they're having. The thing that makes them feel most yeah. better is seeing other people suffering with the same thing. Now, I know there's like a probably like an empathy angle to that and stuff as well, yeah. but... It kind of links in, doesn't it, just to what you say? Yeah. When you kind of realise, oh, it's not just me, other people have actually got this worse, it does, it brings you up a little bit, doesn't it? Mm. And the other thing is, like, you know, we, we know each other really well. So you know I'm quite put together and, you know, and things are going well okay and that. So you can you can hit me with as much of it as you want because you know that I'm, I can take it, I'm solid, I'm not, I'm not on my knees at the moment. You wouldn't be sending me that in if you, if, if I really said I was going through some real stuff. And that, and that, that happened last season. You know, Liverpool, oh, I actually talk about Liverpool, they lost six games at home last season, didn't they? And Everton actually won a game there. And we were all online and we all watched it together in our WhatsApp group. And, uh, one of my mates, there was like four Everton fans, one Liverpool fan. Oh, well, my dad was in. He, oh, my dad's become a Liverpool fan lately. He used to be Man U, but that's another story. 
you know. But anyway, he, he's uh, and I actually text him. We'd all had a good night. We finally got a victory after like a million derbies. You know, it was behind closed doors, not even a real derby. But they won. They were all good and played well. And hey, that's great. And then later on in the night, I text my I text my one Liverpool, the Liverpool fan and just said, Are you all right, mate? Because he actually had he's actually had a tough time. But I didn't text my other Liverpool my other Liverpool mate. I was sending him if it would have been you, I'd have been sending you everything I could find. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Like when like when the, the Premier League looked like it were going to get suspended, didn't it, because of COVID? And there were loads of things knocking around about <laughs> you were you're like you're a million points clear, but you're not gonna get it. And that were like, hey, you know, sending stuff in. Now, I, again, I wouldn't send that to my mate who was having a, a, a wider tough time. So I think, again, it's like there's a calculation goes on in your own mind quite instantly. And even with the squash, there were certain players that quite a lot of the time I'd be like, oh, they don't win. You know, they've been a bit cocky. They said this to me once, you know, they said that. And they're being a bit, and I seem a bit threatening, but we've shown that, uh, but then there'd be still times where if they, you know, they'd had a bad time and they got a good win, I genuinely would be like, oh, you know, good for you. But again, it would probably be because they weren't really that close in in some ways. But if you'd heard that they were having, you know, something had happened to the coach or the personal problems, you know, you went the other way and you want your human side came out and you actually just wanted to help. I, I, in some ways, like it is banter, isn't it? It's just banter and and pitching it. Pitching the sort of Mickey taking and banter and joke, to, you know, taking the Mickey. It's just pitching it at the right level. But then there's this other level of Schadenfreude where it's, I suppose, like you say, it must get closer to people who are a bit, a bit sadistic, a bit, a bit jealous, a bit messed up. I think envy comes into that, doesn't it? Envy is just. I think it's probably quite a natural human thing, isn't it? To be quite envious of people, mm. depending on your circumstances, I suppose. Because you, a bit like when we talked about mimetic desire again, wasn't it? You know that mm. you're always comparing and contrasting. Often it's social media as well, isn't it? Where like you, you see a particular lifestyle and you're quite envious. And I think we we love that in this country though, don't we? I think I'm sure we've talked about it before where we love knocking people yeah. off the perch. Yeah especially celebrities you know like young athletes when they come on the scene and they're like this wonder kid we love it we absolutely love it as a nation but then once they get to a point we then love just knocking them off yeah and i think that it's it's a strange thing about this balance principle isn't it about you know ultimately that the there's a theory in the world isn't there and it was i saw this when i was looking at it about the just world about fairness that everybody's should get their little just about enough portion of what and and there should be equality so when you see someone getting a little bit too much and if you feel that that's also by a sort of like in your culture unfair means so you you, politicians that you know are like this and that or people who've married into money and people who have maybe not done the work and, and and got lots of rewards or fame for just being famous sort of thing then when they when they slip up or something bad happens to them, that's where Schadenfreude is like, ha, because there's a natural thing of you did you cheated you, you blagged it, so I'm glad it's I'm glad you have got your comeuppance a bit. I'm glad you know, and obviously that's come into politics a lot, aren't they? I was reading about the in the Indian politics, you know, of the last election. There's something like 63% of the speeches was just schadenfreude taking the mickey of rivals to the point of like times where they slipped or time, not even politics, type, things that they forgot to do. So that in the public's eye, it was like, don't go with that person. They're, they're, a, they're, a, they're the butt of a joke. They can't leave this country. So it's a very powerful thing. And, may, and, and in some ways, maybe as developed to bring people back down to a you know, to a just world and, and to say, you can't have everything. You know, you we, it's not fair that you have all of that. And when you, when it goes wrong for you, and that's that's the bit, isn't it? You know, the Lance Armstrong thing, I know he was a cheat, but it was like, yes, he's been busted. You know, what, what a cheat. I knew you were good. I knew she was too good to be true. You know, and I knew, and you know, and, and then it that's slightly back to that, you should have listened to me because I knew... You know, it's easy to know after the event, you know, or you could always tell. So if Rafael Nadal or something happened to Roger Federer, 
who are squeaky clean, aren't they, really? You know, and loved Soko by or Andy Murray, you know. If something came out about them, there'd be loads of people that would go, ha ha. I'd just done that exact same thing. So, you know, there was the whole Djokovic getting into Australia. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you've seen today, it was in the media that Nadal just got beat in another final. Yes. And apparently he's been having loads of like breathing issues and chest problems. And, <laughs> and my first reaction was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Justice for yeah. all that kind of thing, because uh, he's getting his comeuppance yeah. for you know when they just kind of and, and I don't mean from a a vaccine get it or don't get it, just like no one really yeah. stood up for him, did they? They all just kind yeah. of left him hung out yeah. to dry, and he's straight away like yeah, Schadenfreude. That's that's kind of some of just desserts coming back for not standing. Yeah, and I and I say you know, and again that's what I mean. So you think I think of Djokovic, and I think of the way sometimes is you know he's very very in it you know he's a warrior guy isn't he and he, he ultimately i want it i want it and that's great that's his personality as well and there's nothing wrong with that in sports be like a michael jordan type thing you know, that kind of thing so when they when then they don't get it their own way you know there's an element for, for me of like yeah you deserve that now because you, you've you've been you would if you were taking it all if you could You'd have won every single thing and took every accolade you ever could take. And Cristiano Ronaldo's a little bit like that, isn't he? An admirable quality, but we do like to see them fail because of it. I always used to think that as a kid with Alex Ferguson, that there was always like a karma element to it, which I suppose is is yeah. Schadenfreude again, where because they won so much and they mm. used to really like mm. dislike him as you know, used to just it was all about the dark arts and. You know, the amount of stoppage time goals he would get and he would be into the referees and the, he, he was just... And he always used to think karma. Karma will, you know, it'll, it'll get sorted in there. So in my mind, that's it now. It's like, yeah, you had your 15 years. Karma always comes calling in the end. So this is it. You know, you've got a 15-year wilderness now. <laughs> yeah, and that, that, well, the concept of karma is probably this just world feeling where... So therefore, when it's when you see it, you enjoy it because it's re-establishing the nature's balance, if you say, or a forced balance in the in the world. Because there was a metaphysics side to will to power, even you know that, even, that some people interpreted it that way, not just a person, a human side to it. But yeah, maybe there's this force where everything's supposed to be centralized. We have this natural urge that everything should be balanced. And if anyone goes off on a tangent, you know, like if Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos goes on the next shuttle and, you know, and, you know, the doesn't, it, you know, <laughs> be on your death video. <laughs> no, yeah, cases of death. But, but if it just, they score to set off and it just goes boom from falling to the sea and he's like that, oh no, you hear that everybody got saved and everything's fine. You're kind of like, well, serves you right, you know, trying to go to flipping, you're, 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 you're just like, where there's inequality, you, you always you're more prone to it. I think to not necessarily because you like seeing their misery, but maybe just the joy of it all coming back to the centre. Well, there is another German word which I don't think is technically the opposite of Schadenfreude, but kind of means the opposite. So Glückschmerz, and I hope I haven't butchered that too much, but Glückschmerz means is the, or it is the feeling feeling unhappy about the good fortune of others. So rather than taking pleasure in someone's misfortune, Glucksmerz is when you feel ha- you feel unhappy that someone is doing better than you think they should be doing. Or, <laughs> a bit like you were saying with the sporting example. Yeah. You kinda it's the justice thing again, isn't it? You're kind of thinking, no, they've got ahead too far based on whether it's their work ethic or maybe they got lucky with this or whatever it was. But I quite like that Glucksmerz. Germans have got some quality little words for stuff that we don't have. Yeah, I read that, and that even with the Schadenfreude, that in England we, we get a bit hung up about having the emotion, oh, a bit conflicted. Why am I why am I feeling so happy that they're sad? Germany apparently, you know, is more propensity just to be like, I don't feel guilty about that. It's just a natural natural thing you feel. But I think that one, I've watched films, or you know, when you watch tearjerkers, or you watch films and things go well. I'm a sucker for some for like when someone in a film achieves something after a lot of tragedy and big struggle, and they're there at the end like Sea Biscuit or something like that, and the horse wins, <laughs> and you're like, oh, flipping brilliant. So you have an emotion like, so it, I am happy that others, you know, do well, obviously, and and I, and I can get pleasure from others, people achieving and having pleasure, obviously. 
course, it's lovely. But again, if it's if it's if it's with a right, if it's with some lurking rivalry or someone you've already decided you don't quite like, or someone you think's unjust or they've had too much of it, then that's not going to be there as much, is it? <laughs> One thing it's funny actually you've said that because I think I might have said this in Laura's book. When you have a bit of success in in your in your domain, I always found that it was easier to tell who was genuine. Because when you had success, they could come find you and genuinely look you in the face and say, well done, that's brilliant. He's really happy for you. You know, so good. And they were like, you could see they were physically happy. And people, other people would go missing. They couldn't, they just, they couldn't, they were obviously feeling that word. They couldn't, what is it? Luxmerts. Luxmerts. I'm saying that as if I know what I'm saying. I'm, I'm hoping <laughs> that's the right pronunciation. Yeah. So I always found they found out who your true friends were when you had success in many ways than when you had a bit of tragedy. Because when you have tragedy, or not tragedy, you know, but something go, goes wrong or a bit unlucky, they come around, they go, oh, no, oh, unlucky. Yeah, hard luck. Yeah, you, you could have done, oh, you played well. Oh, look, you know. It's a bit easier to pull that face, isn't it? That you're a bit upset for them. If someone you find out at work that someone, one of your co-workers, has something brilliant happened to them, that you kind of think, wow, I, you know, I was ahead of them on that, and I thought that should have been given to me, or I thought I should have. It's very hard to walk in the room and <laughs> you know just genuinely be happy for them and pull the right face. So it's something you might avoid and send them a text later or a card rather than actually going into the space. But when you do, when you are genuinely buzzing for somebody, it's dead easy, isn't it? It's just, hey, come here, and you're out. You know, you just you're just easy to go in. So I always sort of, you always kind of found that even with certain rivals on tour and certain people who knew us and that it was, you could tell the people that were genuine. Since leaving previous employment, or just leaving employment in general, the people <laughs> who've got in touch to, and just kind of, oh, how are you getting on? And the people mm. who would never who would never come to me when it was going well or, you know, that it was something I'd achieve. And yeah. you kind of know straight away, it's like they yes. don't they don't want to know if you're doing well. Yes. They're hoping that it's it was a bad choice yes. or, you know, you made the wrong decision. And it's really obvious. Big time, yeah. I've, I've got friends that have seen, you know, me do things and they're still in a bit of the same predicament, you know, they're stuck in the same jobs or whatever and so on. And But the, some of them are like, they're happy. They just go for it. Oh, so you're brilliant. You know, so you know deep down they're, they're kind of okay, but some people can't. They, they, they don't, they, they, it sticks in the throat. Uh, yeah, I can I can see that with you, like with when you've left work and which people genuinely want you to really do well. And it's like, it's the old fable, isn't it, of the person who, you know, the, you know, the, the family member who leaves town and, and the one who stays behind and has to look after the, 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 the fort, shall we say, and take care. And it's always this, well, I hope they don't, you know, go on and have new adventures and, and all that. And, you know, it's kind of a theme, isn't it? You know, that if you, by you going away and succeeding and showing the way and doing really well, it puts, pours a bit of light on their inability to, to do that, that rap, take that risk, take that leap. So it's, you know, it's always in some people's minds, Oh, they had them big ideas and, you know, <laughs> they should have carried on plodding away like me. <laughs> you know, makes them feel better about the plod. One thing you mentioned that I thought was quite interesting, and it maybe it comes back to the karma thing again. So obviously at the minute, I'm giving it beans with you because of if we're just using the Everton example. But I think there does come a point where it's almost like you've got to know the limit because at some point karma's going to come calling and I'm Someone might be listening to this podcast <laughs> in 20 years' time, and they're like, what? The other about Liverpool went out of business in, like, 2000. You know, so you don't know what could happen in the future. So there could yeah. be a time where you... Because yeah. you mentioned about storing up schadenfreude, and you were like, I wonder if there's a word for that. Because you must be banking all this thinking. Mm. I'm, I'm kind of making a mental note of who's given me all this stuff, because at some point, there's got to be a yeah. chance that I can go back at them. Yeah, of course. And that's why, that's great, isn't it? Because that's just football rivalry, isn't it? That's sporting banter, and that's what makes it so sweet. It's so cruel, isn't it, sport? Because, you know, when you... I always thought this, when you win... You know, you get bragging rights, you, you get everything, don't you? And and you also get to re-edit. You get to re-edit what you 
thought about your team or you what you thought, you know, oh, every decision I made was right because now we've won. But when you lose, it's like you're left with no prize, no no actual title, no nothing. You, you know, what did we do wrong? A bit of, bit of shame, but and everyone can weigh in on you. So it's like, it's such a split. It's a bit like, it's so unfair that it's not surprising that when you've experienced the down, the the, the up is so good. It's, it's almost a relief of not being down. You know, that was a common thing. I spoke to some players at times and even ones I work with on the mental side. It's not sometimes the fear, it's not the buzz of winning, it's it's the motivation to not feel the loss because the loss is so bad the, for days and, and then the doubts and the, 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 the wins, the winning, the actual winning is a bit of a bonus for a lot of people. It's just not fear because, and you see it don't you, in Champions League finals and you see it in sports and people who've come missed out. You've got one team going absolutely crazy because they've knocked a penalty in and the other other team just on the floor. I see that a lot with, or I did see that a lot in academia. You know, you mentioned in the other episode you were talking about when you had your PhD, yes. you, you started getting a bit edgy that day and yeah, you were yeah. a bit nervy and stuff. I think that's the driving emotion for a lot of people around that. It's not that they, they're so ner- they want to get it, so they want to get the PhD and achieve it. It's because it's such, everyone knows that you're going for your Viva yeah. that day. And everyone knows that you've just spent five or six years doing it. And so it's, it's kind of like you're going in yeah. and they, there will be people sat there thinking, oh, I hope he doesn't get that, you know, for whatever, yeah. that schadenfreude. So it's almost like you want to get it just because it means that you didn't not get it. Because the worst thing will be coming out of that room and going, no, I failed or I, I didn't get it. I've, I've got to resubmit it off whatever we And it's purely that, right? It's the relief. Of not having that, rather than the joy of I've, I've achieved it, I've done it. Well, and th- and that links into some of this vulnerability psychology, doesn't it? About you know, I know Brené Brown wrote a book about it based on the quote. It's the person, the Ru- was it the Roosevelt quote? It's the person who's in the fight that matters, not all the people on the doubters on the outside and all the criticizers and all the people. It's it's like the vulnerability to put yourself into a place where you you can you know, get in there. I always find football fans and, and, and sports fans weird because they're not actually the one actually doing it, are they? You know, the, the self-fulfillment can't be as deep being being removed from it as, say, doing something genuinely self-fulfilling. But so I think I think sports rivalries and banters are just just about banter and status between mates and it hurts and you know and blah blah blah. But I think in, in more serious terms, like going for something life-changing. You can't. You have to be able to take some elements of knowing that people are just naturally going to have that Schadenfreude at you because you've taken a risk. You've put your neck on the line. You've 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 gone on telly. You've you've moved. You've taken a. You know you've done you've done something out of the ordinary. Therefore, people are just waiting for you to fall flat on your face because it. Therefore, they can sit back and say that's you. That's your problem for thinking you're above your station. Sort of tall poppy thing, you know. You, you think you're better than us, and you've gone for that, and kind of settles me down a bit because you you failed. And that's part of the that's part of the psychology of putting yourself out there, isn't it? On the line, you you know these things are going on. You know they, you know people who are around. You know that the the way for you to cock up and. That's why you. Got, that's why you should keep your head down at times. You know, you don't go out making massive pronouncements. I always find boxers fascinating and MMA people. You know, these fighters, they go out and they're just literally like, "I'm amazing. I'm going to knock your head off." You know, I'm the best boxer ever, and maybe that's why it does sell. That's they do it to sell because you want, you want them to get knocked out. <laughs> it does it comes across to me as a bit fake that stuff? Yeah, it does, it's yeah. Like, they've got a. You know, when they have like fights at the weigh-ins and stuff and you're like, I don't, I don't know if you saw it the other day, but you know, Eddie Hall the, the was the world's strongest man. and Yes, the English um, guy. Bjornsson, the, who was the, the yeah. mountain. They were having a boxing match in Dubai. Right. So the past few, it's been all that. And it just looked really, really insincere kind of rivalry. And maybe, maybe that's just me yeah. reading it wrong, but it was like they were just trying to hype it up to... Um, I'd love it if I beat him and this and that and they were trying the the way in in the press conference it was really like aggressive got into a scuffle because he insulted his mum and this kind of, and you're like yeah no I'm not having this yeah so they were deliberately 
they were, yeah, the sort of the boxers they go out there and it's just par for the course, I suppose, isn't it? That you go out there. But if I mean, if you're stood there and you're thinking, well, worst case, if yeah. he knocks me on my backside, I'm still making a million quid or whatever. You know, you can't. It's it's different, isn't it? I I just made a note then when you were talking about football fans again. I think for me that links, or it's maybe just a theory of mine that there is a link. Remember when we talked about meaning and purpose, and when we were on about nihilism and absurdism in the that episode. I think that's we talked about religion, so. It, in the absurdist view of Camus calling it intellectual suicide, didn't he? You know, where you just kind of forget thinking about it and go, I'm just going to give it up to religion. And he called that intellectual suicide. I wonder if sport's a little bit like that. So when, you, when you're wondering about how much meaning have I got in my life, what's my purpose, you can just kind of almost, as in a religion, go, well, I'm going to support this football team and put everything into that. So you're right, you're a lot of fans, and I've done it myself, in, in my young years and stuff, you might wear the kit, you might have a replica kit and stuff, and you you refer to the team as we, don't you? It's like football, yeah, yeah we're, we've got leads this week, or, you know, we won that game, or we were lucky in that game. You're like, And it's very, it's visceral, the use of the word we. There's a, a real yeah. belief that you're part of it, and it's like, those players on that pitch don't even know who you are. Like, they've never, you've never spoken to them or met them, but you've almost committed that intellectual suing going yeah this is a, a thing i'm part of and i'm actually involved in it whereas the vast majority of football fans now it's just watching it through a tv they don't even go to the actual game they're not in the ground even no that's that, that's me i think i think what's happened as well lately is um you know like with twitter and everyone having an opinion now and you know what i mean you can go on twitter and and these and you can go this player did that, and this player did this, and they should have played this formation, and this, that, that. And that, that happens in WhatsApp groups as well. So there's almost a pressure to to appear like you know what you're on about if you're a fan. So I think some of my thing, this is me being honest, I think because I know I'm quite good in one sport, and I know sports psychology, and I know a bit about coaching, you know, and what have you. I think when it just comes to something I'm just totally and utterly removed from, once I start talking about it with my friends, I always feel me will feel like obliged to be a bit like, no, I, 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 you know, I've got to predict things and say things. And that's why, you know. So we had a chat yesterday about about how you know you'd said I've not seen Everton actually play, but they were absolutely terrible. And then I have I, I said, well, yeah, they were the worst team I've seen this year by him. They are, and I catch that and. Uh, <laughs> and I and I no they are and it's like so then I go like I'm thinking well, what is it I'm supposed to kind of work that out because I'm supposed to know about that but different different people do have different ways of coping with it don't they some people just go they're just awful leave it alone some people analyze it to pieces some people say it's this 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 and this and everyone looks for the reason as if like to, to like I'm not stupid for for following this you know. And I've found that. So I think people are under a lot of pressure now as well for rationales of why they do what they do. Why are they stupid for doing that? And why are we right for doing this? You know, that, that stereotypical thing of in, in, in years gone by of the, the granddad figure who will never change his mind about anything because he's always got to be right about everything, can never admit that he's wrong in anything. I think that's been hyped up to the max now. You've you've got to explain all the time why you're not stupid for supporting that team. So even though they're rubbish and you're getting laughed at, you've got to explain your way out of it. And I think that's Schadenfreude. I mean, I, I have a WhatsApp group with some mates where we have like a... It's based around a predictor league where you predict the scores each week and then you get points and there's about five of us in there. And the Schadenfreude there because of the way WhatsApp, say you, like exactly like you said, you've maybe predicted something or you've explained a particular result this way or that way and blah, 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 because you feel you have to. You'll get messages three months down the line, you know, where it's like yeah. replying to your original one where you predicted something around this or that or that. And I did it with Liverpool this year. So when it was COVID was kicking off again, I was like, City are going to walk the league now because. They thrive in the empty stadiums. Yeah. Liverpool's struggling empty. So blah, 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 blah. And now yeah. so I'm getting texts off my mates back. <laughs> Schadenfreude. Say, look at you. You're like, you you think you're going to win the league now or you're in the race. Yeah. You wrote yeah. them off. Yeah, there's an intellectual type of... And that's what I mean. You're all, it's all traced and it's all written down. That's what I mean. That record of stuff now, 
you can't just you can't just have a chat and give her your opinion and then it's forgotten about. It's all documented. It's a little bit like I told you so. I'm right. I might be losing, but but I know why and I'm right. And you should listen to me. So it's like, yeah, I'm still clever. I'm still got my stuff together. And you do. I that that is way of taking the edge off it. So the way of taking the edge off it is to go like, well, I'm criticizing them as well. You know, I'm 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 by no means proud of this. So, and I know exactly why it's happening. In other words, if I was the manager now, I would be fixing this right now. <laughs> you know, everyone has, everyone's got that pressure to, to say, and so I've got mates, they'll come at it from tactics, some come at it from physical, some come at it about board, the, the, the way the club's structured, some come at it historically, some come at it as it, it's a curse. <laughs> you know, like everyone's throwing in these versions as if to say, yeah, but I've got, don't doubt me. I'm still got. I'm still a clever man, you know. Just because it, it, it's all it's all going on, it takes the pain away slightly. If you feel that you still got, you at least I know why it's happening. But speaking of that, yeah, I put a massive bet on Liverpool to win the league to take the edge off. <laughs> <laughs> if they do, I thought two one was a really good good odds actually. It's a bit like even if they win, at least I was clever to do that. It's like you know, it's it's just it's a. I just think it's an interesting one to because it's such an a inherent human emotion. I just think it's an interesting one to just raise this to the surface a little bit and consider because we all do it and we all see it in other people, but maybe we're not as conscious of it as we maybe could be sometimes. One of the things that I always say to to the people we teach at the university and who I work with as well in in sport is. If they get get your own house in order, get your own emotional center right. So look after your own game. You know, get get your own mind right. Get your family right. Get you all that stuff. You know, clean your room, all that stuff. Get in balance. Look after yourself. And I think that as any person, you know, what what makes you tick? Orientate yourself in the day. You know, this is what makes me feel better. So just recently, I've I've tried I've, I've just been eating a bit better again, you know, and trying to sort out a bit of my weight and a bit of that. Just 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 something inside, just personal. I feel a little bit better, and just by doing that, it, you know, like this, you know, we're bantering. This, you actually don't feel as envious or as jealous. You feel a little bit more self fulfilled. You feel a little bit more together. So when the inevitable trip-ups in life come along you like you said you're always fallible to people picking at you and you're always going to fail and you're always going to get laughed at and your projects are going to not always work out and your sports teams will lose and your car's going to burst its tire and your children are going to you know fail an exam when you told them they're all going to pass and so the inevitable things are going to happen if you've got yourself together as best you can you're going to be less susceptible to the to, to being a type of constantly searching to, to look at people's bad and to, to take pleasure from it you're always going to do it because it's quite a natural thing but you know if you, if you can if you can really get yourself sorted out and so that's the learning for schadenfreude for me i say to the players and the students the students and that you know so if you can then get to a point where you're genuinely happy for people when they have a bit of good news yeah you can take you can be the butt of the joke you can take the banter it's not worked out for you. Take it. You're not going to like it, but it is a bit funny. It's not so serious. Then you, you you're going to therefore be able to keep playing the game of life. Really, keep, you're going to be able to keep putting yourself out there, throwing banter, banter coming back. And then when you sit down with your friends, and that you know you can actually might go, I didn't, you know, well done, good for you. It's crap being an Everton fan. I bet I'm pleased for you. That, that, you know, that kind of thing. I think when you haven't got yourself together, like you said, and you're all in on your football team and that's all you have on your meaning or you're all in on your job or you're all in on your girlfriend or your partner or you're all in on your kids and that's the only place you, you become really, you can become very spiky if that if that thing goes slightly off and then you can become a bit of an idiot and a bit of a nasty person. And then possibly then that's where the sadistic line is crossed. It goes from just a schadenfreude to becoming a bit of an envious, sadistic, bitter and twisted person. Can't take a joke and then starts to go down them, them depths of revenge and bitterness and, and nastiness, really. And bullying as well, I think. Bullying. 
Yeah, absolutely. Definitely bullying, yeah. I'm treading that line between when is it just a bit of banter with Danny and a bit of schadenfreude versus am I now bullying him because Everton keep losing? That's, that's the line I've got. To... Yeah, I mean, I've got an appointment later with a psychotherapist about this, but don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs>